Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Group Text Podcast. Uh, starting out on a different song than we normally do uh, to honor Aretha Franklin, who passed away. Gosh, has it been a week now? It's been like almost two weeks. Almost two weeks? God, it feels, that's crazy, because it does not Yeah, feel. they just had our funeral, right? So we're good. It's like really it's, not till Friday. Yeah, it's not till Friday. Oh, damn, she's getting that McCain treatment. And they <laughs> said that they're changing her outfits every day. Damn. They better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Jeez. That's pretty dope. Yeah. But rest in peace to the queen. Yeah. Rest in peace with the Queen. I'm Braxton Brown. I'm in Brooklyn. Got Tia Brown, my sister, in Somerville, South Carolina. Hey, hey. Got Chris Hickman out in Playa del Rey, California. Yeah. Los Angeles County. We're about to have a little, uh, a little family trip out there this weekend. I know it's just gonna be crazy and couldn't come at a better week because your boy's been going through same big like, <laughs> I haven't slept in like two weeks so I might take a nap when I get there oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I feel you no but... I'm asleep on the plane it's like a five hour flight from uh Charlotte Where yeah. I think I got I don't know how mine is five or six hours or something like that from from LaGuardia, actually, yeah, from LaGuardia, I think I'm flying out of, but, um, but yeah, we lost Aretha, it's crazy, like, man, like, it just, I feel like just in the last, like, three to five years, maybe, like, legends have just been, like, really dropping off, you know? Not just legends, either, it's, like, the- icons, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or innovators, or, uh, like, I mean, she's the queen of soul, so, like, soul is her right yeah that's the thing it's not even like like yes it's legends but it's you know people who have like like when people say like oh this person was like a hero or whatever but in a time like where it is to be black now it's like it's it's like it's just a different type of irreplaceable that you can't get back that like define like your parents life maybe not define their life but like you know people that were like super instrumental um in like their survival and like in a time now where a lot of people um are like i feel maybe it's just the age that we're at i don't don't know what it is but now you know it's like i want to know what like you know, I want to know more about these legends, like, before we lose them all, basically. I think, like, people just trying to get back to, like, their roots more than ever now. Um, yeah. So, like, it's just getting harder to do. And, you know, I guess we need to not necessarily be more appreciative, but, I mean, obviously we do. But um, it just sucks. Like, it sucks. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy because I remember... I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but had the chance to go to like a Prince concert and um, just didn't want to go for some reason. I was young, probably like, I think I was like in high school. I was like, nah, I'm good on that. Missed that opportunity. Then like he died and you're just like, damn, I'm never going to see this again. 
Um, never really had the opportunity or knew of an Aretha Franklin concert. Really feel like I didn't appreciate her as much as I really should have. Uh, and this isn't even like a post-death thing. Like I really started listening to more Aretha Franklin, like probably within like the past year, uh, just listening to shit that she's done. Um, her Amazing Grace album was phenomenal. Uh, listened to that a lot when, we were, when I was going through some shit. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy now that we've lost like, and I never, y'all like David Bowie, I never listened to any of his stuff. I didn't really know who he was when he died, but y'all did. Mm-hmm. But um, now that we've lost like David Bowie, Prince, Aretha Franklin, long time ago, Michael Jackson. Today's um, Michael Jackson's birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Happy birthday, King. Uh, who else? Uh, Whitney Houston, obviously. Uh, these are people like, woke up Sunday mornings at home. If Yolanda Adams wasn't on, then Aretha Franklin may be on, or like these, this is music. This is cleaner music for us. <laughs> right. right. It's like music that you could always listen to with your parents, no matter what. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And then, like, yeah, like it's just, just crazy. And then like on top of that, all the stuff that's, Kind of been happening in Conway with um, who's whose phone's not on silent? That's like my computer, and I don't know how to turn this. <laughs> I'll just every time it happens, I usually do do not disturb. My bad, sure. but yeah, and then like all the stuff that's happened in Conway recently, where our family's from, with like locals that we know, um, it's just been a rough. Couple, couple of weeks, weeks. Yeah. yeah it's it has been it's been like really tough yeah i feel like the heat or like summer like you know makes people i, I don't know there's all you know i know like the crime rate always like spikes in the summer because there's just like more people outside and that kind of stuff and like there's statistics behind that but yeah it's just like trauma 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 death death like um, yeah, and I get so mad when people like criticize people for getting mad over or getting sad over like a celebrity death. Cause it's like, yeah, we don't know Aretha Franklin, but we grew up listening to her music. She's a legend. She's an icon. She's also, you know, was a civil rights. Um, yeah, activist. she was a freedom fighter. Yeah, like I mean, there's so many reasons to be sad and to know like how she went out you know that like she had cancer like that's just horrible to just even think about like so i don't know i just get pissed when people like judge other people for getting sad about celebrity deaths because it's like you don't know like there could be like if somebody's really upset about it on facebook or something them and their mom that passed away could have listened to Aretha Franklin every Sunday, you know, or you just don't know why people get upset. It's like, dude, she was an icon. Like, we're supposed to be upset. I mean, like, why are you, like, I'm miserable. Why are you so miserable that we are at somebody's death that kind of, like, touched Black America? Not only did she sing at Martin Luther King's funeral, she sung at Obama's inauguration, like, 
this isn't like your run of the mill celebrity. This isn't. Um, yeah, this isn't like some, some flash in the pan pop star. Like, no, this woman's been around for like consistently for years. Yeah, and this isn't like this. Like, it's people who, if Aretha touches their song, they don't even sing it no more. Right, because right. um, res- what was the song that wasn't hers? No, I mean, respect wasn't hers. Re- respect that was wasn't hers. It was Otis Redding. Yeah, it was Otis Redding. Because I missed that on uh, HQ the other night. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was. I think that was originally Otis Redding's song. It was, or written for yeah. him anyway. I don't know if he wrote it or. It was his song though, because they showed him singing it. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. To think that um, that people really get upset about like you being sad over a celebrity's death, like it probably affects us probably a little bit more than it should, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, I think right. we're just music lovers, and we honestly did grow up like you said. Every I know, like me and Braxton, like we would like watch and listen to old music with my dad, like every weekend. Yeah, every Saturday morning, we were up dancing, yeah. like listening to old stuff. It's funny because I'm not gonna start talking about McCain quite yet, but like I was thinking a lot about how. <laughs> You know, everyone like like a re- like what what is uh, you know because everyone says McCain is like an American hero, like a war hero, like what is his legacy type of thing, and like yeah, like he is a war hero, whatever, like white, like what, a, like what, like a white hero, white American hero, whatever, but someone like Aretha Franklin. No, like she wasn't at war or like a prisoner of war or anything like that. But like, she was also like, you know, she so, overcame a lot. She overcame a lot. She was like a source of strength for a lot of black people who would listen to her music. And like I said, she was a freedom fighter, doing all those things. Like, like she's like she was like an actual like a American hero because she was getting like a whole race of people through things. That's why like to me, when I think about all this war stuff, and it's like, I understand people are like fighting for our freedoms and all that stuff, but it's not necessarily for the freedoms of black people or like people of color, because like we're still having to fight for that stuff. So like going, going over to a war and fighting stuff, it's like people who are like doing civil rights stuff, especially like in the sixties and the seventies, and fighting that fight for black people, like that's our hero, you know, like yeah, that. I mean, we fight for both um, as black people. Um, right. Uh, black people who go fighting these same wars that um, everybody else go and fight in and come back here and have to fight another war within or loosely within, um, I'm using the war, war loosely within America, but it's our, it's like our own black war really with like white racism and like the institutions and stuff like that. So we have to come back and also fight that war. And then the veterans who come back don't get the respect that they need or deserve. Um, they're not upheld as heroes. You listen to some people talk, you think black people don't even fight in like the army or anything around here. So, right. Um, Cause that's like that, you know, I have a lot of respect for especially black people people calling the army because you know 
I feel like the propaganda and stuff behind war is always like, you know, they're fighting so we can have all this freedom and do all these things. But like, sure, what freedom though do we have? You know, and I'm not trying to get all like third eye deep on it, but I mean, there's <laughs> that's a real thing. It's like, you know, you get back here and like you said, they're treated like, you know, like shit. Yeah, a lot of black people fighting going into the army so they can get money and a Camaro. <laughs> no, I'm joking on the Camaro, but no, they're seriously though. Like it's a joke, but they're going in there so they can really get out of like their situations. Go, mm-hmm. that's some of their only ways of seeing the world, and then they get to see the world, but it's thrown into like a war-torn country, which is still they're going to learn a lot, but they still come back here with what PTSD from that, um, from that experience. And they still don't get like the help or the, um, respect that they deserve and pretty much get shunned back to right. being black. I wonder so, what the statistics are on that. Cause that'd be interested to know if, if black soldiers or POC that are like have higher rates of, PTSD or stress or um, anxiety, those sort of things, because Shit, they might not, because they used to be in a war. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it could be the I don't know. It I could mean, be I'm the not, opposite. I know that they do, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's nah. something we should look into. Though. I mean, that would be I'd be interested to know because that I, I've just never really thought about it that way, but. Um, but that's, you know, that's what, like, I kept thinking about a lot this week or the last, I guess the last two weeks is like, you know, Aretha Franklin was like just as much, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not trying, like, I'm sure some people probably be like, what are you talking about? Like she wasn't a soldier or anything like that. But what I'm saying, like her importance to like a whole fucking like race of people is just as instrumental. I feel like as helping people get through or like even more of a direct like she had like more of a directful impact on people's actual like civil liberties. Yeah, I mean, they can say what they want. I don't. John McCain may be an American war hero, and I really do appreciate that and like all the things he's done. Like he's fought fought in the war, he's served uh, his country and the Senate as well. Um, Man, but fuck all that. Uh, he, he didn't do shit for black people. I mean, he his hero stops there for me. Like he didn't. Do and shit I get for that, me. and I was all for that. But it's just like, just keep it at that. Like you don't have to. Like I saw people on Twitter like going in, like just say, I every post I put up was he was a true American hero, referring to his military stuff. I don't really know. I watched his movie um, the other night, and it was really good, and you do get to see another side of him mm-hmm. like they always do in every documentary. But it was really good. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I just... I mean, the man is dead. Like, God, yeah. like, give it a week or two. Like, he's already... Yeah. It, they're already politicized it, and it's all over CNN. Like, it makes me sick to watch CNN. Like, they have people up there talking about, you know, Trump not putting the flags out down and uh 
right before he died, the lady that's running for his seat said that he put out the statement that he wasn't doing well to hurt her campaign. Like, just, like, they're politicizing his death instead of, like, yeah, they'll go back to talking about him being a war hero, but then they'll spend, like, 45 minutes, like, politicizing the whole thing. It's just very annoying. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... Yeah, and that's all I was saying, too. Um, yeah, I just think about if his daughter turned to CNN and, like, how she might feel. Like, I know she would be pissed anyway because of CNN, but just seeing how, like, they're talking about him instead of talking about his life is kind of sad. Yeah, and I, I feel like people can do better. Like, we always... isn't Like, there's no reason to try to bring up somebody's past when they die. They're gone. Um, they, they can't they're, change it. <laughs> if they're problematic, they were problematic. Say rest in peace and keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, like, unless they were like a total shitty person, like Charles Manson or somebody. But come on, y'all sitting up here on being tw- on Twitter and like this man really was out there like trying to change. That's a great like people like. <laughs> just celebrating his death. It was just so weird. Like, I don't know. I stayed out of all that, but I saw some tweets I, from like people that I like and like think too. are funny and stuff. And them. I was just like, God damn, like this is really not this serious. Now, if Trump dies tomorrow, you best believe That's okay. I'm, right. get, I'm getting tweets off. Right. <laughs> you know, there's like no redeeming qualities about him. Yeah, like, we were mad at Trump. I remember we were mad at, I mean, mad at McCain, like, on the podcast, like, over a year ago. But, like, he has redeeming qualities. Like, he is a good person at heart. And he's just, like, an old-school man with old-school values, <laughs> like any other 80-year-old white man. But he wasn't out there, like, trying to tear up an entire country. So... Nah, he pushed, like, he, he'll push back when it got too far. Which is what you said, his redeeming qualities. But he also almost got out of his, even though he ended up not doing it, he voted against it, I think. He, ended up, he was about to vote to take away health care for millions of people uh, by repealing Obamacare. And getting out of his treatment to do it was kind of crazy. Um, and yeah, yeah, like he wasn't supposed to fly. Like they told him that, like, because he went right after he had the surgery out and they were talking about it in the movie and yeah. like he shouldn't have flown there and all that and they showed his speech like I mean it was really good like I cried it was sad yeah definitely had some scathing words for him in the past but you, you celebrate you gotta the, respect somebody's death yeah I'm yeah. never that trash it is wild to me though like he had to know like I guess I don't know what your psyche is when you, whenever you know that like your time really is limited but in a way, too, I feel like, I mean, there's probably a lot of things that he could have. Uh, I'm sure there's probably things that he, whatever, I know, like the health care bill, vote. I'm not sure what other things he could have, like, put in the legislation. But it's like, if you know you're dying, you know, I guess to a certain extent, you know, whatever. You but stick- he wasn't in his right mind, because remember when he tried to testify? Oh, yeah, he couldn't really. Like, he just wasn't. yeah. He wasn't able. I mean, like in the movie, like he was fine or whatever. But like, I'm pretty sure he just wasn't. He oh, probably no. just at that point. He's like, if they tell me I got a year, I'm about to go spend time with my family. I don't give a damn what y'all pass. Right. <laughs> that's how I was. <laughs> he made <laughs> like honestly, I'm gonna be dead in a year. You can pass the whole shebang. I'm not gonna be here. Yeah. But he did. He had. 
he got a little shady. He has some shady stuff too. I looked up all of his like. He, he used the. I think like one of it was like he had like a affair or yeah, I guess it was rumor. So, he allegedly had an affair, but basically his staff like they basically like made him like they basically kind of like cut this woman out of his like office or campaign or whatever because he was like getting kind of like obsessed with her and they were like oh i didn't see that they were just talking about how like when he got back from vietnam like him and his wife they just well i mean like they were together but then he started seeing cindy his wife now and like but she said but his ex-wife said like their marriage was kind of over, but she was still kind of shocked that he was just, like, moving on like that. But they're, I mean, like, she was in the movie. Like, they're fine. Hmm. They have, like, two or three. They might have four kids together because she had two before, and then I think maybe they had two together. Uh, okay. And she he adopted her kids that she had before. Because I saw he had, like, he, he was, like, some stuff like that. He got in trouble for, like, calling Vietnamese people or using people like gooks which yeah. I know is like a derogatory yeah. term. And like, there was like a few other things, but it wasn't anything. It was like nothing like real, like really, really, really crazy out there. There was like a- Yeah, I mean like everything he's done outweighs the bad, I would say. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't any worse than like any other fucking politician out here. That's a- Right, like everything they said in the movie, I was like, far for the, like this is what y'all do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this is- you cheat on your wives. He got in. He got in trouble for something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like they had hearings and all this stuff. But he got off on that. You know, it's just like normal shit that they get into as politicians. Yeah. Because they know they're not gonna get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it is what it is. I don't yeah. want to spend rest a, in peace, John McCain. Yeah, R.I.P. But um, switching gears a little bit, um, I don't even know where to go from there. But as long as it's not death, we good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I won't go from death. I will say the one big thing that I didn't put on the rundown um, was finally 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 got a conviction on a cop who killed an unarmed black child so last april the kid jordan edwards he was leaving a party his cousin was driving the cop was saying that he was charging them with the car basically and he shot in the car and killed jordan edwards who i think was 15 um yeah and they fired him they charged him with murder, and he got convicted. And if I'm not mistaken, from what I was seeing online, that's one of only two times a cop has been convicted of murder of an unarmed person. Maybe only in the state of Texas. I don't know about in the U.S. Yeah, um, well, because wasn't that Michael Slager, the guy here? Yeah, but he wasn't convicted of murder. He was convicted no. of, like, manslaughter. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, But... And they were saying that like a big reason why um, this guy, his name, I don't even know if I want to say his name, but whatever, I'll say it. Uh, his Roy Oliver was the guy who was convicted of murder. But um, they were saying that like the body cam footage really had a lot to do with it because his story just like didn't, like he was just flat out lying basically. Like they could mm. see it in the body, in the body cam that the car like wasn't going towards them it was going away from them like while he shot 
or like when he shot into the car um mm. so and you know it's kind of interesting i don't know i don't know if it's because so many unarmed people or black people have been killed like just within the last year but this didn't really seem to get a lot of attention on twitter i mean it definitely did like it was like trending or whatever but i don't know it just like wasn't i was surprised that like kind of how quiet it was you know i mean that's like a big deal yeah i mean i I saw a lot of posts about it but yeah i saw a good amount from like the usuals but it's definitely it definitely wasn't as big as yeah it definitely wasn't as big as when uh one of us gets killed and i think it's mainly because um we don't really expect it uh which is kind of crazy because you think if we don't really expect it it would be bigger um so i think this after a while it just slides under the radar for a certain amount to the point that when it does happen um you'll you won't have like the normal people like tweeting it and retweeting it they'll just retweet what sean king is saying i think that's more of what i saw uh yeah. than well, any they don't have like commentary on it yeah because that like what i was thinking was <clears throat> you know i now when an unarmed black person is killed you know I, i'm i know like our section or people that we follow on twitter are the ones who are like making a fuss about it and it ends up getting that's how it ends up getting, you know, more attention because we are the ones pushing it, creating a hashtag, whatever. Um, but I'm sure, you know, it just it just feels like to me that news channels or whatever, like don't like they don't want to publicize that that a police officer was convicted. You know, it's like right. I don't know. I just felt kind of weird about it that it that it didn't. But also, like I don't. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch any public news stuff. Like I don't watch the news at all. So I get most of my news like yeah, online. Yeah, I didn't watch it all so, yesterday. So I don't know if they talked about it or not. Yeah, I didn't watch CNN yesterday either. So I have no idea if they mentioned it or I know Fox. I can guarantee Fox News. <laughs> you know the hell they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no idea whether they mentioned it. But yeah, like I said, I just think when it came to that, I think a lot of people saw like Sean King, whatever he tweeted, probably felt exactly like he did. And then, uh, and then just retweeted what he said and then just kept it moving. It was like, thank God. And, but then kept moving, which is not good because, um, if he wasn't convicted, it obviously would have been bigger, which is crazy to me. I don't even think it would have because like, like you said, we don't expect them to get it convicted. Yeah, that's true. It kind of works <laughs> both ways. Like, yeah. That it works both ways now to the point that we're numb to it all. Not even just numb to the fact that they're not getting convicted. We're numb to the fact um, we're just numb to them going through trial at all. So yeah. it's like you would think like you would we would get some kind of like mental boost from that but i really didn't man i don't i mean that kind of makes me think about what we were talking about last week about how like um 
I don't know if this is any kind of direct parallel, but remember how we were saying, like, you know, Trump says all these crazy things, and the way to get lost into that is, like, to kind of, like, sort of buy into it a little bit. Not necessarily buy into it, but, like, you know, it's like you said, like, you do need to, like, I don't know, like, like you would have thought we would have got a mental boost from this, but we've been through so much that, like, we don't, but, like, we should be, like, sell it, like, like we should be celebrating this more, I feel like. Yeah, but I think it's still couples with the fact that I kind of what Sean King said again, like he's still dead. Like we'd much rather not deal with this at all. Like Jordan Edwards is still dead. So celebrating the cop getting convicted is just, it's limited to right. a certain extent. Right. There really is no celebration. So I think that's kind of, so I think that's kind of what goes along with it too. There is really no celebration in the fact that the cop is convicted because Jordan Edwards is still, he's still murdered. Like you still murdered him for no reason. And um, so, but when it comes to the other side of it, when he first shoots Jordan Davis, there's a lot of outrage because obviously there should be outrage. It's a little bit, a little bit more emotions attached to that. Um, then a year, two years down the road, and then blame it on the justice system too, because this shit shouldn't take so long. But a year and a half or whatever down the road, that now all of a sudden we just get like this news article that such and such was convicted of murder by his by the jury or whatever, and then that's pretty much all you hear about it. Right, and actually that was yeah. on the. Uh the anniversary date of Emmett Till being killed too, which is um, kind of, I don't know, some, some weird, I mean, just coincidence, I'm sure, obviously, but still, um, if you haven't been to the African American History Museum and you go to that part of the exhibit, whoo boy. Yeah, I was bawling. Like, I felt like I was at his funeral. It was awful. Yeah, they have like his casket in there, like, and they're wild. showing the video of like his mom talking. Like it was just. Mm-hmm. Uh. I read a really long article about that yesterday about how, basically, that was like the the story like the story that most of the people know is like not even real. It was basically like concocted by this guy who who basically sold the fake confession to uh this article or to this magazine that ran it and then he like made a movie about it like it's actually pretty fucking crazy and then obviously i think that was last year whenever the woman i don't know if she died now or whatever but on her deathbed or whatever she was saying how she actually like embellished what really happened i mean just it's just crazy yeah Yeah. um but you know like chris (laughs) said it's like it sucks like it's really nothing to celebrate but like Whatever. Yeah, I mean, you just know. going off of that and just going off of that last point with that lady saying she embellished it on her deathbed. Bitch, we knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so when that story broke and it was the same thing when that story broke, you still had people uh, who you still had more people like retweeting it and whatever. But it was like, we already knew this. There is no yeah. win in this. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Like, we already knew this. There was no win in this. Like, we didn't know that the cop would be convicted of murder, but we knew that he murdered Jordan Davis. I mean, Jordan Edwards. R.I.P. Jordan Davis, too. Um, another white guy that was convicted. It's just crazy that I can But do. even back then, if she would have told the truth, those guys still would have gotten off. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, if they're, they would have been in a jury of their white peers, and they would have gotten off just like every other person that's done something like that back in the day and gotten off. 
it's crazy. I was listening to Regina, a Regina King interview, and uh, she was talking about uh, pretty much what prompted the LA riots with um, little, the black girl, I can't remember her name, walking into the store. She got into it with the um, Asian, I think the lady. Yeah, was, she was with Asian. With the Korean, um, like the owner, I guess, or the store clerk, and she like threw something at her, and as she was walking out, like, uh, the Korean lady shot her in the back and killed her, and she got oh, probation yeah. like ten years. Yeah. Of that pretty much prompted the LA riots. But re- listen to Regina King like tell because she didn't mention anything about like LA riots really, but that story is pretty popular. But she she was just saying like that what prompted me to be like this. Like that's what prompted me to do this, and I really didn't change until she said I really didn't change my outlook on like cops and everything uh until I started working working for Southland or the whatever that show's called. I think it was called Southland. Mm-hmm. And she had to work around them and stuff like that. And that really was one of the main reasons why like her mindset changed where it wasn't beating down on her all the time. It's just think of like that trauma. I still don't have that experience with cops. My experience with cops have never been good. So yeah, I was. This is like a really bad reference, but I was watching Basketball Wives, and one of the girls on there, her brother was killed by a policeman. Like, and he was unarmed or whatever. And she, you know, that officer on Instagram, Officer Norman. Mm-hmm. So, um, he came to meet her. Okay, like Officer Norman, like. I would I would love to meet him like he seems really cool like I wouldn't be scared but she was so and she she knows him from Instagram like he came out like she had him come out there so she could face a police officer and like have a different perspective um because she just really like basic she has like PTSD from what happened with her brother and like as soon as she saw him like he wasn't even in uniform he she was shaking and it was just like really like I mean it's basketball live so it's just like loving hip hop 2.0 but they had like a real like I cried because it just it was just so traumatic like I felt so bad for her like damn you know this guy's a cop he's not even in a uniform right now and you're freaking out like by the end of it like she felt comfortable and she gave him a hug and like they talked and like but she it was just like like you said Chris like we haven't had like horrible interactions but like think about how those people that have like like just seeing her shaking like that it was sad this is funny because not funny but it just reminded me like just last night i was with one of my friends uh and his his girlfriend's sister was in chicago i don't know i don't remember whenever she said she was in chicago but i can't remember if this was like within the last few months or last year or something but anyway she went out one night in chicago got like really drunk and uh basically like um a, like she was just like really drunk on the road and a cop just like a cop just like you know stopped and like asked if she needed to uh like needed a ride home or to her hotel or something and like uh, of course like you already know immediately what like went off in my head and yeah, i was like well we i know that can happen to me it. and then like before i could even say it she was just like i know that like the only reason that, that happens because like of my white privilege like she said it and i was like that's why that's why i sent that meme today i was like damn like you know i'm just i like i was just like i kind of felt like that um 
that that gif where like blue ivy's like calming down beyonce and jay-z because i was like well it's good <laughs> that is like at least she like knows that you know and she's like aware yeah. of that um but yeah, it was just kind of it was just fun. but it feels like we're giving like like that's the crazy thing is that like it's such a big deal that this cop is just treating black people like like we should be treated like that's yeah. like he has a million followers on Instagram just just for doing like just for being like normal like the bare minimum the bare minimum oh. exactly right yeah. similar thing happened to me that happened to your uh, friend in Chicago but on my twenty first birthday in Clemson but I was not offered a ride home i was put in handcuffs and i thought i was going to jail but the cop drove me to my house in the back of the cruiser in handcuffs mm. so, yeah, so wow you know that's i mean that's that's the difference you know like it's yeah, crazy you <laughs> right but it's but it shout is. out shout out to nicole because she's a she's an ally i would say for sure like we had like a a nice conversation after that and i was just like wow there's there's some hope out there for some of you um but shout out to her um moving on a little bit to um some white people who are not uh allies, allies uh the, <laughs> the people over at the french open um, um, I was about to say, where are we going? What happened? <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? Um, now nah, they basically like banning Serena's, like I guess what they're calling like her cat suit, which basically she wears because like she has blood clots in her legs, and exactly. that suit helps her so she won't fucking die. Is that right. my understanding of why she wears? Or I read that they made it especially for her blood clots. Right. Yeah, to keep the blood flowing like that, right. stuff like heat and stuff throughout the legs to keep the blood just flowing through the veins and it's pretty much from complications from her um pregnancy and having what was her daughter's name olympia olympia, olympia having mm -hmm. olympia um yeah so i she didn't make a big fuss out of it she's probably just numb to it by now because there's always something with mm -hmm. like WTA or USTA or something like that or one of those tennis associations and Serena it's always always something whether it's her being drug tested more than anybody i.e. the person who actually failed a drug test and was cheating Maria Sharapova um, or like stuff like this like catsuit um, and I think like if there if there's anything that's more um conservative than that please show me because please show me how a tennis skirt is more conservative than what serena's wearing right. and it doesn't matter what serena wears i'm sorry that y'all don't have an ass but she does and it's not going anywhere it doesn't matter what she wears you can see her booty in that tutu today like i mean it's just it is what it is who cares and then i keep seeing that meme of the the white lady back in the 80s or 90s or whatever that basically has on the exact same thing yeah yeah but she ain't got no butt so what this is funny because one thing i was thinking about so okay whenever tiger woods start winning a lot of tournaments um basically the pga they would do what they call like tiger proof courses and yeah. they would basically what they would do is make the holes like a lot longer 
and put sand traps and stuff like in basically like making it harder for him to win and like i could totally be ignorant about this but like i don't like maybe they did those same types of things whenever jack nicholas or whomever came along and was winning a lot of tournaments but i don't i've never heard of it so maybe i shouldn't assume that but i'd be willing to bet that they didn't and it's just like you know whatever they can do to like to make it harder for us you know that's i i don't know again maybe that's just my third eye being too woke maybe not i don't know i mean no that's kind of true though because the reason why augusta is played the way it's played now is because because tiger was killing them yeah, Tiger was shooting numbers that nobody else was shooting, um, and, and they had to make the court. They had to make the course play harder, and they had to make the course play longer. Right. So, um, be so too too even out the field pretty much because he was hitting the ball further than anybody had ever hit the ball before, and just just shit like that, to where it stuff like that just weighs on you so much, man. I I went to an it, this is different. Because this is partly, I'll take some issues with this. Is partly my fault. I went to an interview today, and like I've been doing like internships and stuff like that. But this lady in my interview today, shout out to her because she was super nice. Uh, but just the stuff that she wanted me to have like the experience in, and uh, wanted me to. Uh, are you involved in moot court? Are you involved in trial court? Uh, what all do you do around campus and like uh, just stuff like that and I was like well I'm like the boss of like Black Law Students Association president I do like student tour stuff a lot of the stuff that I have to do is also there that allows me to like work and I get that as other people there that are allowing them to work too but I'm having to work a little bit more hours um, mainly because I mean I'm not supporting myself my dad does all he can do but i'm trying not to ask him for stuff like that but it's just like damn man like i keep doing all this stuff um i keep doing what you tell me to do you tell me to do internships but that's not good enough i (laughs) become like president of this association that doesn't never seem good enough Uh, i don't have like drafting experience or something like that and it's just and it just reminds me of like just moving the bar all the time. It's like yeah. you're chasing this bar. It just weighs on me so fucking much. Nah. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's just it's so much. Yeah. It's just there's always like duality going on, you know, at all times. Like I, people just won't ever, they won't ever understand it. <laughs> Yeah, like, like that speech we got when we were younger. You got to work ten times harder to get yeah half as much. Like yeah, shit is true. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was talking with Aunt Bobran about our aunt who does. She's like the well, I guess she's still. I don't know. She's still chief diversity inclusion officer. I think now she may have a different title, but she's still doing the same work basically. But yeah. he's like, also the of HR for Intel, also right. And she was saying, and we were talking because like basically, I'm trying to start, hopefully, start this position at where I'm at but it's like figuring out like you know a plan to do all this stuff and it's just like you really gotta like set the groundwork to to not ruffle feathers you gotta let or you like have to make people understand why like there need to be groups for people like for minority groups basically because like you know an example that I heard was like a woman she like started like a women's group at 
at her job and like all the men got mad they couldn't understand why and it's just like it's just like you know until people understand like why there's a minority group and like the basis that they recognize their privilege like then you know you can do all these things but also you have to make them feel included even though obviously they already like they don't need to be but whatever like make you know so there's, there's just a lot of stuff it was just crazy um i don't know it was just a good conversation but like a lot of stuff that um you know i hadn't really thought about before but you know because i mean it it cracks me up because i kind of had the same situation at um with like balsa like these a few like a couple white girls came to balsa like our initial meeting and afterwards i'm in class with one of their girls and she like leans over to me she was like you think it's weird that i came to your balsa meeting i was like no why would i think it's weird she's like well i just didn't know like if she said something along the lines I didn't know if I was allowed or if people would feel some kind of way about me being there. I think it's like very important that we understand like um, what is happening with every group on campus. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I think it's just very important that you understand like what different students on different campuses are doing. But I also was just like, we're not checking your melanin at the door, fam. Like <laughs> nobody. Like we we have these groups because we know how to support one another to an extent that y'all would not be able to. Um, I know exactly. the type of care that like incoming Black One Ls will need. I was an incoming Black One L. I was a uh, I was there. Like I was in that position, and the people here know what they need. We know what we kind of lack as far as like nurturing and. Um, how we're just written off like sometimes as like just a number of uh, the fact that you can count on two hands how many black people may be at the school like we understand like and the reason these are more like support groups than they are anything so the more support that we get from people who just come there sit there listen then that's how you kind of like make the change and I was like, I don't think you should feel weird. I think you should probably come to more of our meetings and probably invite more of your friends because they need to le- they need to learn as well. And but you know, and like not her, but like um, the thing today that LeBron said about he didn't white people weren't his cup of tea or whatever it was until whatever. And then like the first comment I saw was, well, if a white person said that about a black person, and I'm like always go to that and it's just like just because it has black in it doesn't mean we don't like if you're willing to come with the attitude that that girl girl had that's great if you're just coming there to be nosy that's not great but if you're coming there with her attitude that's great but it's it's like just because it says black that doesn't mean it's (laughs) anti-white right that's That's the thing like yeah no that is the thing that that like oh man like 98% of white people can't understand that that just because you're pro-black is not being anti-white but there's like there's so much about like this like whiteness is just like a construct basically to like oppress other people which is like a whole nother conversation um like that i don't even necessarily like we would spend three hours talking about it but yeah, we spend 40 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's the thing. It's, like, they're, like, it really is, like, that's, like, like you know, 
I think I said this maybe in one of the last one or two episodes is like there can't be reverse racism because like racism is like a social contract created to like oppress whole people. So like if, if you don't have any power or, uh, you know, if you don't have any power in, you know, this system of oppression, then like you can't be like you either you can't be like you can't like I can't be racist to a white person because I don't have any sort of you know uh i don't have any sort of like system in place to keep them down like it's impossible it's quite the opposite so that's why there cannot be reverse racism people because racism is not one thing it's like a whole system and construct of things so yeah and i think the more we try to get people to understand that for instance georgia um if people just look at what's happened, what tried to, what almost happened in Georgia, as far as like them co- closing down, like the polling stations, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all saw that story, Yeah. but they were about to close down, I think maybe 10 polling stations, uh, all within like the 90, I think between 90 and between 90 and 95% of, uh, one station was where, um, 90, 95% of the race in one station was black. Right. Um, and they're about to close that down. These people were able to walk to this polling station, et cetera, et cetera. They're about to close like all 10 of those down within those, like within like that one specific region. And it was pretty much to make sure that Stacey Abrams don't win. Um, go, don't become the first black governor in America, I think, which is kind of crazy that we could possibly have two of them. But, um, in yeah, that, shout out to Andrew Gilliam, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's like the shit that you try to get people to understand is racist, but they're trying to cover it up by saying that, oh no, we it's operation expenses, they're not up to ADA code. You had all year to figure out these things on the <laughs> ADA code. Like you could have attacked this in January, brought them up to ADA code, et cetera. You're just trying to close them down now that it's close to election day because, or get it, to the point where it's close to election day to where if you are tied up in court, then there's no, um, there's really no, uh, outcome. So there probably would remain closed while you're tied up in court. And then that still, um, disenfranchises how many ever people that is and tilts the, um, voting into the GOP's hands. So they keep pretty much to keep the state racism white and if you don't like it's it's sad that you can't get many people to understand that you said that you can't get white people to understand that that is pure racism right that's like black that's like flat out they're not trying to cover it up yeah (laughs) i mean that's as plain as it gets right there systematic racism when we say systematic racism that is what we are talking about like i don't and then you put then you position that and all they see is, well, it is this amount of money to operate it and such and such, these amount of people aren't voting. Uh, it isn't up to ADA code, it's not handicap accessible. That is bullshit. Right. <laughs> so I don't know, and that that's the kind of stuff that frustrates me that I'm not really in a position to help. I don't know when my time is to be able to help. I don't know how I get to that point, which is also mentally draining um no i think it's i mean 
Well, I mean, you're in law school, so that's probably like, you know, it's a uh, good starting point, a good starting point. Um, but I think I truly think that, you know, basically the more we talk about all these stuff and like, all the stuff and it's like, obviously it's like, obviously it's a passion of ours, but also it's, it's like a survive. It's like a real life survival tactic, like, you know, to be pro all of this stuff so i think um like you're gonna figure out where you're gonna land like where you're supposed to just by the energy and all the stuff that you're putting out there so like you know i know it's easy to say like don't worry about it you're gonna end up like where you're supposed to be but like but you will um just you know just by like you know it's not you know, whatever, like they say, like the luckiest people are like the hardest working people, you know, it's just like, you're gonna end up in a place where you are making a difference. um, Just by the energy that you're kind of like already putting out whatever, like recording, like all this stuff that we do, but like just talking about all the time. So I I really think that um, obviously, you got to take some like initiative on things. But like those types of opportunities will present themselves just because you're in places that are like working towards like this common goal of whatever you know surviving <laughs> well um, wrap it up man. all right <laughs> 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 i'm ready you know um but yeah this yeah what was i got kind of sidetracked there but um one thing that i was listening today about and they were talking about how you know, because uh, what reminded me of this is what you were just talking about, Chris, how you have this group for like black law students coming in and, you know, it's more or less like a support group, like, hey, like showing them the ropes type of things or whatever. But in a lot of ways, that's kind of like a survival tactic to make sure that like they don't get off track or whatever, like to know kind of how to maneuver essentially. And I was listening to something recently talk about how, like, you know, slang with black people, all these, like, basically how we've talked about on this podcast for is, like, all black people grew up the same way. But it's, like, these stuff that, that we could talk about, like, with anyone black that you see and immediately, you know, have this thing in common. But a lot of that stuff, it wasn't, it's not, like, necessarily, like, survival tactics, but I think a lot of black slang and that kind of stuff is a way to maneuver in white spaces, um, and because what this, what this thing I was listening to was talking about was they were saying how like now, you know, if you go online, black Twitter, it's like all this, like sort of like, not necessarily like secret code talk thing that we have, but in a way and how businesses, you know, will commodify that now. Like, like you get an email from spirit and it's like, this flight is on fleek or whatever, you know, oh, but then they yeah, won't, but then they won't hire you know, but then they're racist, like won't hire black people. So they like use it as a way to like connect with people, but but not in this real sense of like, if you know, if you go in for an interview and you start talking like that, then they're not gonna hire you, but they will use it, you know, to, for marketing. Like, you know, oh, yeah. so it's like, you know, it's like commodifying our, you know, whatever, slang, so to speak, vernacular, whatever. But it's just, you know, I. I've probably, I'm sure we've probably talked about that before, but, you know, 
I don't I, I think like white people really need to hear and understand that you know like why are you wanting to use all of our culture all of our stuff but then like but then on the other hand just be like not maybe racist but like you know these microaggressions like I just want people to know about every single microaggression that they do and like whenever it occurs like now I just let them know right off rip gotta let them know because if we're uncomfortable like all the time then like it's okay to make them uncomfortable to let them know like hey like don't do that or you can't say that or here's why this makes me uncomfortable like yeah um but well that was a i didn't mean to go so far off tangent um yeah i mean not as is necessary though uh because i do find myself just to close this up i do find myself like really uncomfortable all the time i got happy this semester because they've like tripled the amount of black people in our in the 1L class this year. It went from four to 12 and I thought we won. Like, <laughs> like, like we made it. I mean, I'm sitting there. <laughs> I'm sitting there like I'm sitting there in our class, like in our Bolsa meeting and I'm sitting, I'm just like, man. And last year our meetings were like 10 people now i'm looking at our meetings we're up to like 22 and shit like that i was like man this is this is crazy it's 22 of us out of 300 people it's like 170 people in each class almost give or take 10 people i'm like damn we we here now like, <laughs> I know. like it was crazy that i was like i got like this amount of joy like this small amount of joy out of that but it was also i had like a meeting with our dean um what last year we had like a lunch and in front of like this this table i'm the only white dude there but in front of like this table full of uh i mean i'm the only black dude there Freudian slip that's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh... a damn you transracial on us now bro yeah <laughs> We're in Patagonia. Like this table full of white people, the dean and his wife. I asked him, I was like, listen, I I was in the most respectful way. I was like, what is Pepperdine doing to get more black people into the law school? And he said, well, we're trying. Like we admit a lot of them. It's hard. It's, for some reason, we haven't been able to get, um, for some reason, we haven't been able to get them to actually come to the school. Um, so I was like, well, if you need me to be like a liaison or something like that, just put me out in front and I'll be more than happy to like communicate with as many black people that you admit with all the black people that you admit. So what they did this year is they sent to our old Bolsa president, they sent her a list of the black people that they admitted. It was around 50 or accepted. I mean, it was around 50 50 people mm -hmm. um, and they she sent it to me and somebody else and they split it up into like groups of 15 and I personally sent out an email to and each of us personally sent out an email to our group of 15 and we ended up getting out of that 50 we ended up getting 12 people to come to Pepperdine just because of that Damn. so it was like kind of crazy to see how it works, but it was also crazy to like have this communication with this guy. 
him actually follow up on it as well. So I appreciated that. And it was kind of like I was looking at it from like the president from like the podium, like, oh, shit. That shit actually work. <laughs> and that's what kind of brings back to I'm Bob. That's kind of what she's doing, too. Yeah, like that's the thing yeah, is, awesome. you know, that like that is literally is like you got to like you if you want to bring more diversity in, you got to know where to look. You got to no matter how which way you look at it, you do have to have people who look like the people that you want to bring in, like reaching out to them. So, like, you know, it's all about, you know, it's so nuanced. Like, you got to you got to get people who look like the people that you want in. You got to, you know, the people that are maybe already there, you got to educate them on why, like, it needs to be more. It's like all these different things that you that, you know, that have to be done. But I mean, that's powerful, you know, that you were able to speak to him and he actually like followed through. Like how many people just don't fucking follow through like 90 yeah. percent of people, you know? Right. And, and that's the thing. All you got to do is ask. Right. And if you can back up stuff with numbers, like no one can argue against numbers. Like, like, you know, like you said, you just whatever, triple the amount of black people. Like if you show people on a chart or a graph or whatever, like, look, like because what Aunt Bob was telling me, she was saying, you know, for her, like a part, maybe I shouldn't. I mean, hypothetically, yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> hypothetically, let's just say you, you, you don't want you don't want to come off as like, I just only want to bring black people in here because you don't. You want to make it diverse. Like you need women, you need black people, you need Hispanic people, people all these sort of things. So, you know, if you if the numbers say that this is the least diverse group that we have, this is where we need to start, then you can't argue that, right? Right. So, you know, as it turns out for her, like black people, like it wasn't the, the least diverse. So she didn't start there, you know, but right. she's saying it's important that whenever you do get to that point, it's like to avoid any to avoid them looking at you like, oh, he just wants to bring black people in or, or these people, whoever, whatever minority group you're in. You know, if you back that up with numbers and say, look, here are the numbers. Here's the data like you can't you can't argue with that. But I think also you got to be careful about not dehumanizing people into just numbers either. Like you got to get the emotion across behind it too. All right. Um, Cause that, that's probably like, I think that's more important. I mean, obviously the numbers are important, but like if you're just doing it just to fill a number, then like, what's the point? Like you gotta, right. you know, that that's like, yeah. that's like getting mandated like uh community service hours. Like you're just doing it to not go to jail, not because you yeah. want to do it, you know? You know what else is funny? I, <laughs> I heard for like I had like a backdrop, and then my backdrop was a "We Got Y'all" sign. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can actually buy "We Got Y'all" like merch from from the Insecure website. I think. I think you can too. I would assume that's that hilarious. Kind of copyright on it, but yeah, that yeah. shit was funny. Our professor was like, "I really like that." I was like, "You yeah. <laughs> obviously, yeah. you're obviously you show her the episode, be like, well, your uh, sister doesn't.'" Yeah. I wish I could show an episode of Insecure. They watch way too many. They, I mean, Insecure does way too much. <laughs> but really? man, that show hits on so yeah. much stuff, like. I really I'm love this season. It. I didn't mean to segue. No, nah, but like that's a perfect segue because like I do love this season. Like how they're 
hitting on stuff that like black people actually going through like in offices like but that like i'm sure it's, this type of stuff has obviously been on tv before but like not like this not, not like blatantly out a little bit but not yeah. really black people in offices because khadijah had her own thing right yeah but they kind of touch on like i've been watching it a lot they touch it it aged really well is what I can say. Yeah, it really does. It's crazy. Like I feel like I feel like that show could just be on right now and it would still it like still holds up. It still holds Definitely. up. Definitely. It aged really well. And I was just watching it, putting it in, like even putting it into like the perspective of Insecure, because Insecure really reminds me of Living single now that I watch both of them together, and obviously Golden Girls on Living Single kind of reminds me of the same of mm-hmm. each other too. Now that I'm watching like all three at the same time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you see like some similarities with kind of how they wrote the show. But what I like about Insecure this semester is, and hate about it is, they are pulling my card. Uh, <laughs> I am more Daniel the than male I, ego. Yeah, I'm more Daniel than I wanted to admit, um, or that I thought. I did not think this was gonna be how they attack Dan or attack Daniel like as a person. I'm using attack loosely. He's not really attacking him, but just it, they said they were coming for the male what toxic male masculinity. Yeah, black toxic masculinity. Black toxic, yeah. And they've hit, I, then all of us are the same because they hit that. They're hitting um, that. Y'all are because, oh, like, that scene where he tried to make her feel small because he was feeling like shit, like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been there. 150 times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can honestly say I've definitely been there, done that. Um, and we but, know that y'all are doing that. But it just pisses. It's just like, why? Like, come up with a new tactic. We know what you're doing. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> going to be like my let it go this week when whenever we get there. But yeah, yeah, I've definitely been there, and I like, and I think about it all the time, and I just fucking cringe. And I thought about it while I was watching that show, and I cringe with him, especially when they're sitting at that table and he says what he says about your shit's not together. Why are you going to give me advice on this and that? And then he tries to like the, do this like shitty apology at the end. But even before that, when he's like in the studio with Khalil trying to get his beat off and you don't want, you want help, but you don't want to help the way the person wants to help you. You want them to help you the way you want them to help you, yeah. which mm-hmm. isn't. And you're not telling them how you want them to help you. Yeah. They're just supposed to know. Yeah, it's just it was just triggering because it it really puts a mirror like a mirror up to your face, and you're like, "Don't look at yourself." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a word. Like when you need help, but you only want to get it in a certain way that the other person, you know, what did you just say? Like when you're not getting help the way that you want it, they're just trying to help you the best way that they know how, and then you take offense to it. Like, yeah. You won't. You don't want the help they're trying to give you. You want the help that you want them to give you. Like, like for instance, I want a job. I want somebody to do what I see these people doing for white dudes. 
Nick, just reach out to somebody and give me a job. Like, <laughs> right. I don't want to interview for it. I don't want none of that. I don't want to, give me I the want job. To Monday. Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. Benefits start on Monday not, too. Shit. Yeah, it's probably not even like that with like a lot of what goes on. These like a lot of my white colleagues are probably interviewing and stuff like that still, but it's like you don't want to do all that. Like, and I, that's another thing Regina King said on an interview. She was like, young kids nowadays just want to skip all the steps. They just want to go straight to the shits. And yeah. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. <"Why?" laughs> yeah, I mean that this funny, that's funny though, because like, I think we talk about that all the time. It's like, man, we know like all these like powerful people, like why, like, why can't we just get in there? Um, and then that kind of ties in loosely to, the play that me and Tia saw last week about how like the like the kids didn't realize like all the stuff the mom was sacrificing just to give them the life that they had like all the steps and shit that that they're going through type of thing and it's just like you know I, yeah it just looks so easy from the outside yeah um but no <laughs> I think you know people all of us especially me included like someone's giving you advice it's just like you know they're doing they're giving the advice the best way that they know how and like you can't mm -hmm. take offense to that and like obviously whatever you are doing like is whatever i'm assuming it's not beneficial so like you should listen like especially if it's a good friend they probably know you like I, I'm sure that all of us probably ask other people for advice, but for the most part, I think we probably stick to giving each other advice the most, and we probably know each other the best. So it's like, you know, we're probably going to have your best interest at heart. And it's just like, if it's not what you want to hear, you know, try it anyway. Yeah. And it's then going back to insecure, it's like the man has worked, like uh, Khalil has worked with spider he knows what he wants you are trying to get on and like and, and daniel daniel you're trying to get on he's trying to put you on and then you're just gonna undercut him by playing your beat when he just told you that this other one is more of what this guy's gonna rap on mm -hmm. i'm looking at spider it didn't seem like spider was about to drop some kendrick lamar bars <laughs> <laughs> sound right. like Fight was more interested in like the um sound like Khalil Khalil based off of his artist was more interested in like the SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. Type. And that's pretty much what he told Daniel's like, yo, this pretty much isn't that type that's not that kind of rapper. Like he's not about to spit over this musical um this like your beat is musical as fuck. It's dope, but it's musical. Khalil likes, I mean, Spider likes more of like the loopy beats. He like more bass. I'm telling you this because I've worked with him. I've produced for him. Like we're friends. It's the reason why I'm at the table right beside him. But you're letting your ego get in the way. And that's why Khalil was just like, all right, we got some other shit. You don't even got to worry about those two songs. <laughs> right. Right. Um... And which was deserving. And I've, yeah. and I've, yeah, I was about to say he deserved that because the way he was I mean he just could it was his ego he just couldn't let it go yeah and then that's what it brings it back to Issa saying why would you even do that like 
Yeah, I was glad she was like straight up with him. Like, dude, are you serious? You just sat there staring at the man at the club. You wouldn't say a word. The reason why we talking to the man is because I brought pretty much I brought us over there to start a conversation with Khalil. I gave you FaceTime with Spider. Now Khalil's bringing you into the studio and you still found a way to undercut him. And then you're going to be sitting there asking like, well, why didn't this why didn't I get this opportunity? Why didn't I get that opportunity? You just fucked up your opportunity. Right. And I felt that because I've been there. Like I absolutely have been there. And I felt like I did that this summer. Like, it's not even like it's anything that happened a long time ago. Is there any time I don't get extent my internships extended? I feel like I did that. I do that. Like I didn't um, make myself. What is it? Uh, irreplaceable. Like, yeah. No. So. Yeah. No. I understand that. Like, I was more surprised the part where he's like trying to get into the club and like he doesn't want to like that whole part of me. I mean, I think obviously they like take extreme stuff, but, he, but you could tell like he didn't even like just to get in the club in that first time. He like was trying to play it all cool and he's like, oh no, we got a we got our own section over here or whatever. I've just never really been like that. I've like, never been like that. You're trying yeah. to get me in the club every year, and I'm going to go to your section so I don't have to pay for bottles. Like, that's just <laughs> <Exactly>. like, <laughs> you know? I've never been that tight. I've never been that insecure to the point where nobody could, shit, we go to San Diego, shout out Hans and Lamar. They get me in the club every time, and I ain't complaining at all. <laughs> and we get bottles every time. <laughs> Exactly. You know someone in LA this weekend who wants to get us in the club. I'm hopping my ass right to the front of the line and going I in. I don't think I do, but we'll <laughs> get <to> some clubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um but yeah, I don't know. We'll see where this goes. And I, I saw like a lot of people, um a lot of women were saying how at the end of the episode, you know, Daniel was basically trying to like apologize with sex, which that right. seemed to really hit a nerve oh, with all the women on my timeline. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because they were all, they like, it was just like all like, oh, of course, you know. Yeah. You can't. He, just a shitty apology. Like, you, ego to, ego even with Issa. Yeah, like, all it's right. crazy that he has that even with the, uh, Issa, especially when she told him she was moving out and he felt like all got like his chest pumped up and all that, like he's all upset. Like, dude, you're not even really saying what you mean right now. So Yeah, like last week you were telling me I need to move out in two weeks. Or in a week. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, because of Vanessa and now all of a sudden you don't want me to move out. Right. Now I'm telling you I'm moving out. And it's like I think they said it on insecurity like Crystal and them, it's like he definitely doesn't support her the way that she supports him. And I think right. it has a lot to do with insecurities. He's not really at the place he thinks he should be at right now. Uh, he's trying to do the best he can with showing as much support as he possibly can in the way that he knows how. Like his support, his house is the support that right. he shows her. So he's trying to do it. He's trying to like put bandages on it, really. And it's right. just not, it's just not enough. Yeah. Is and that a, gonna... I wonder if that's, again, maybe my third eye is too woke here, but 
you know, if that's an undertone here of maybe what she's trying to get across is that like, like men have a harder time emotionally supporting people. It's it's a lot of times being a provider is good enough. Right. Exactly. It's just like like you read a book or you watch a movie or you hear somebody from back in the day like, you know, my dad went went to work every day, came home, put food on the table and like they don't not saying they don't have a relationship with their dad, but it's just like not the same with their mom. Like their mom was the nurturer, the caretaker. They didn't just like their dad just went to work, came home, drank a beer, went to bed. Right. And men think like just being a provider and yeah, he's providing her with a couch (laughs) (laughs) while he's sleeping with other women. And I mean like, bruh, no. Yeah. She's really desperate. If she asks you like, honestly, yeah, and that's that's pretty much his house is like a symbol for what he's providing her, why he thinks he's like better off than her. Mm. Uh, all of that is pretty much tying into how he can sit there and say like, how are you giving me advice, this and that, when if it wasn't for her advice, he wouldn't even have the opportunity with Khalil. Right. Exactly. He, he wouldn't have he's giving him some emotional support and he's giving her just he's being a provider and like that don't add up. And that's how most of relationships are in the 2010. <laughs> yeah. And he's gonna be super hurt when she stops talking with him. Yeah. Talking with him because that's honestly that if it doesn't end that way, then the show lost me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going to be hurt, yeah. He's going to act like he's not going to act like he is, but we're going to know he is. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I want to save time for this last part to talk about, but it does tie into this male ego and apologies. Um, (laughs) Obviously, Kanye West is in Chicago today. Um and I guess he I don't know what like I don't know what these little press runs are about like he's not releasing anything but whatever he was on the radio in Chicago I listened to this apology again for the slave comments that he made and I'm I'm not really gonna like really critique these things down like and really dissect them because it's whatever but yeah. I listened to this twice to make sure that I was listening to this. And still, to me, he doesn't say I'm s- he still apologized that it, that I'm sorry for how I made you feel. Right. Which to me is not is a it, bullshit. It's it, he did not. He did not say what I said was wrong. He did not say that. So to me, he is not necessarily sorry for what he said but he's sorry that it upset so many people and he did say i think he did kind of say that like that wasn't the that wasn't the message that i was really trying to get across i really do think that but like, he always says that and he never comes across with a message right and I he think, says that every time i did feel bad for him when he cried though well because well this is a well that's a whole nother thing too that i kind of want to talk about but but you know whatever he apologized and i think that i I think in this culture of like canceling everyone everyone whatever whatever like it does seem like he is genuinely 
trying to apologize. Now, for me personally, it doesn't seem that hard to me to to just come out and say, look, I was wrong. Like, it doesn't matter how I made you feel. Yeah. Because I was wrong. Like, that's not yeah. true. Like, that's like that's all he had. To, that's all he has to say is like, look, that's not true. I was wrong. You know, I'm not good at at really like articulating thoughts sometime and that was just not the right thing to say because then he kind of goes on to say you know they're asking him like why are you back in Chicago um you know and and basically what Kanye was saying he was like he made a really good he made two really good points one he was saying look um you know my wife and like her family like they battle everyone in Hollywood but they're always only around each other all the time and they know each other best. Like they have their support system. He's like, look, I don't have like, you know, my family around me all the time. So when I get into these situations, I don't necessarily have someone around me to say, hey, Kanye, like you're taking this too far. You need to calm down. Now, he shouldn't be passing that along to other people to like kind of pass the blame off on them, because like at one point he says, like, I guess like I don't know if Don C was like his mentor or something, but or just a friend. But he was saying how like, you know, Don C hasn't been around a lot. And like a lot of the reason why I haven't really been myself because he hasn't been around. And I think I said this like last year that Kanye passes off. Uh, he he seems to he seems to. um rely on the emotional labor of other people to get him through things because he considers himself uh what does he say a highly sensitive person and it's like you you can't rely on the emotional labor of other people you know to get through stuff for you or whatever like you got like you've got to take on that accountability for yourself like you just you have to yeah but i think his problem is that the person that he relied on was his mom. Right. Right. And it's like, if it's a friend, friends are going to come and go and you can kind of replace them or make new ones or get closer with old ones. But when it's your mom, that's like, like if my mom was like the, my only emotional support and she's gone, like that's really gonna, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Kanye. Like I'm still pissed with what he said and, all that good stuff but I mean I do have a heart and like knowing that his mom is gone and how close they were and that she was the support system and maybe Don C was the next one under him he ain't really hanging out with him no more so and he has his other mental issues that we don't even have a clue about other than how he's been acting it's just I feel real I feel bad for him honestly I just feel bad for him but yeah I mean this, I mean, this whole thing to me, like I said, is kind of, it seems a little bit like a metaphor for what I was talking about earlier about how everything is just so crazy right now that all I want to do all the time is just go back and, and it's like, get back to the roots. Like, like, you know, um, it's, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but it kind of is in a way to like, I should have been paying more attention to this stuff my entire life. And I wasn't, but like I am now a lot more. And like, that's, I don't know, like, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever that is, it is what it is. Like, I'm not trying to make excuses for it, but I feel like what he was talking about is a lot of the same way is like, you know, cause he kept saying, you know, I'm going to be in Chicago more. Like I need to be here more. 
because I think he's been in Hollywood or ever for so long in this little bubble. And we've talked about yeah. this and how like he's just so out of touch. And like it seems like someone must have gotten through to him for him to yeah. at least realize that. And like that's just and like that is a step forward. I like I pray that one day, however long it may be, he hopefully he'll look back and be like, holy shit, like Trump was a fucking asshole. Yeah. I can't believe I ever thought that like that yeah. he was like wanted to be my friend or whatever. And Kanye did say in this interview, he was like, look, because I think what he said was something to the effect of, you know, Trump just wants black people to like him. Because like, I don't really think Trump, I don't even think Trump cares about white people. Like, I really don't. He doesn't. He doesn't really yeah, care about he anyone. Cares about is his <laughs> base, and his base happens to be white, so it comes off as he only wants white people to like him. Right. Uh, I mean, push back on that. Trump's a fucking racist. I mean, yeah, he he is. He like he is, but I truly think that like he just really doesn't care about anyone. Only and like obviously the people who have always liked him have looked like him, so I guess that will inherently just make him racist. But whatever the case may be, um, yeah. he did say Kanye was like, you know, I think Trump just want. He basically Kanye was saying he's like, I just. He was like, I think Trump just wants black people to to like him, which he's doing a pretty shitty job of doing that. Um, but I, my thing with Ye is, I was I I was really joking about like re-downloading all that shit. I don't even I can't even listen to the music the same way because I still had the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have or harbor the same feelings I have when he first did the slavery thing. Well, when he first did the MAGA thing, then he doubled down with the slavery thing. He apologized like both of those today or did like the, I'm so he, I feel like he said, I'm sorry. I let that many people down or something like that. And he didn't know that that many, the fact that he didn't know like that many black people liked him and fucked with him was surprising to me because you literally rapped about it for, what 15 years <laughs> dude we were holding like, on to george bush doesn't care about black people for like however many years <laughs> yeah i think katrina was what 2004 uh or i think yeah, it was 2005 yeah we literally rapped about that yo and and here's the crazy thing here's the crazy thing just today i think that Puerto Rico said that, like, officially, I don't know how many people died in Katrina, so I can't. Uh, well, they first. How? Let me before I say this, I'm gonna look this up really quickly. But I'm pretty sure today, what that officially like 2,500 people died. And what hurricane? No, I think was it was like 4,000, and they initially reported 64 or something. No, no, it wasn't. Could have sworn it. I thought they said 4,000. Okay, so the Katrina was... death toll was 1,833. And the one in uh, Puerto Rico, God, what was the hurricane? Was it Matthew? Irma. Irma. It was like 2,400 or something. So, uh, um, uh, no, nah, it wasn't Irma. It wasn't Irma. It was. I don't remember the name. I can't remember. But it was like they officially said it was like 2,400. So, so what he was talking about with George Bush doesn't care about black people because he's not helping these people. Donald Trump literally just did the same thing last year. And it was even, 3,000. And even more people died. So it's like, I don't, like, if I were to put those two things in front of Kanye and say, look, like, you trashed George Bush for this. 
he let this amount of people die. Uh, Trump basically just did the same thing. Like, why? Like, why are you trying? Like, why, why does he get a pass? Right. It's just like, come on. Like, Maria. What's yeah, that? Yeah, it was Maria. Maria. Hurricane Maria, and it was two thousand nine hundred and seventy-five. Right. So, a th- like, you know, like that's almost double I, the amount of people. He's still, and it's fuck Kanye. Like until. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Until he like really, really apologizes, it's it's really fuck Kanye. Uh, but it seems like he's coming out of it a little bit slow. Whatever he's coming out of, it's it's triggering him to a point to where he's realizing it, but he also don't want to admit he's at the point right now, kind of like Daniel tying it back to insecure, where he don't want to admit that he's wrong. Like when Issa asked him to call and apologize. He kind of like shrugged it off, like I ain't doing that shit. Like pretty much gave her that look. And I think when that reporter asked Kanye today, like Donald Trump says, well, at least Kanye liked me. And then how do you see, how do you feel about Donald Trump now? And he said, I like him. Yeah. Like I think I think that's him like not trying to admit completely that he was wrong. Like his ego still. Is kicking in somehow, and that's it's still shitty because it's not gonna win back the people who put you in the position that you're in that you're in now. Like the reason why white people fuck with you is because black people fucked with you in the first place. Like right. if, it was, if it wasn't for us listening to college dropout and buy, what did you? Then you go to a Kanye West ticket for twenty dollars in South Carolina to you. Nine dollars. Nine dollars buying those nine dollar tickets when you're on tour at University of South Carolina, uh, stadium or a or whatever arena, whatever venue full of black people, then there wouldn't be no fucking there would be no Kim Kardashians in your life, like you wouldn't be living in Calabasas in this bubble. So, the fact that he comes out and says, like, he don't know that many black people liked him, that then that that's triggering that's, that's absolute. bullshit. Yeah, I mean that's insane. That's crazy. That was the craziest statement in that interview. Like that was by far the most insane thing I heard in that interview. What did what was it exactly? What did he say? He said, right after he got finished talking about the MAGA hat and four hundred years of slavery, slavery in that clip. At the end of that clip, he said, "Yeah, I." it, It made me like think a little bit or something along those lines because I didn't know that many black people like me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, but I thought he was saying that like in a facetious way in the terms of him being canceled or whatever. Like, I think he thinks black people canceled him when he got with Kim Kardashian. Mm. I think that might be what he thought. That could be a guess, but I, the, the way that I re- the way that I was interpreting that what he was saying was uh, like in reference to like because because now he keeps saying oh I thought I was canceled so that's why I thought he was saying like oh like black people don't like me anymore since the MAGA stuff or whatever oh no no I I read it as he or I yeah I just interpreted it as he didn't think it would affect his words would affect that many black people like because he didn't think that many black people liked him before mm. those statements 
So that's how I heard it. Like uh, that's what I thought he was saying. Like he didn't think that many black people like well, him. Well, he was already like on the cancel bus, and then he got a one-way ticket that day. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he did have that meeting with Trump that initially. Yeah, yeah. but that was just like we were just like, oh, that's Kanye being Kanye, like whatever. But then to get up there and say something like that on TMZ of all places, who I just can't. Ugh. Yeah, then that wild. drug dealer interview, but I'm not even gonna talk about that. But that was fucking crazy. Wait, what? About how they just like interviewed like Demi Lovato's like drug dealer, and it was just like all nonchalant. Yeah, what? I, it, it was fucking crazy. Oh yeah, Somebody... they are just so disrespectful. <laughs> like it was crazy. Like, I can't believe they did that. Drug like why? It was crazy. This girl was trying to get treatment, and like yeah, I'm sure she doesn't have access to TV, but her like. I get it. They're celebrities, and I'm not trying to go down the celebrity rabbit hole, but, I mean, damn, they're people, and they have families, too. Like, God, let the girl... She almost died, for God's sake. I was let just her thinking, live. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, and this dude sounded a little foreign or whatever, but I was like, you know how white you gotta be or white-filling to be a drug dealer and to give a whole post-game interview? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like, like yeah, she questions. almost died. Yeah, because didn't they say... The pills that she took were like super strong, and she he told her and all this stuff. Like basically, he was I, like, yeah, he was like, she knew what she was getting into because those are second market and like, because that's the I think that's how a lot of people are overdosing now. It's like all the stuff was like laced with fentanyl, which is like a like a like a horse tranquilizer, basically. Yeah, uh, I think that's what happened to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I mean that's that's what happened to Prince. That's what happened. To, I'm assuming Philip Seymour Hoffman, like a lot of people, like they. Uh, mm -hmm. What was the other uh, rapper, Lil Pump? Not Lil Pump. I don't know. Maybe it is Lil Pump. Lil yeah, it was Lil Pump. Lil Peep. I don't Lil know. Lil Peep. Something. I don't know. But, like, same thing happened to him. Like, you know, they think they're... But apparently there's, like, these kits that you can buy to test the stuff. I don't know. I forgot what those right, kits are see, called. that's just... But, yeah, yeah like, damn. If you got to <laughs> test something to see if you're going to die, just don't. <laughs> right. I love when people say that you must be going off that Demi Lovato pack because that shit's funny. <laughs> Every time. See, I am not going to make jokes about a drug abuse. Nah, we fuck got that. We deal with Lamar Odom. <laughs> she don't get no better treatment. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Still Lamar Odom. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. When they say she must be going off that Demi Lovato pack, dog. Every time it cracks me up on Twitter because black Twitter really don't care. <laughs> oh, they don't. But right now, it's still fuck Kanye. I'm not, I do. I, man, I really wanted a pair of Yeezys, but I Did still. Did y'all see those glow in the dark ones? I know. Yeah, it's just so fire. I seen them. I should, my should, I literally, since that in TMZ interview, I have not worn a pair of Yeezys or a Yeezys shirt or anything or listened to a song really at all. So I haven't either, man. I yeah, I just turned and listened to that my Kanye was like 400 songs on a Kanye West playlist. That shit was like quitting smoking, just cold <laughs> yeah. turkey. Cold turkey. It's crazy. I have, I I have damn near 400 songs on a Kanye West playlist. <laughs> And I just can't. It's just sitting there. And now my data is about to, uh, or my storage is almost up. And I'm just sitting there like, man, I could really hit. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could really hit delete on this playlist and probably be good for a little while. But 
I'm just waiting on him to apologize. Hopefully he apologizes before those new uh, Desert Yeezys come out or whatever they're called. <laughs> I think he's coming out of it. But, yeah. Uh, We'll, we'll see. see. Maybe a year from now we'll have a completely different conversation. But that's, yeah. I think that's about all I got this week. I don't have really much to let go. I feel like I let it all go. Uh, a lot of stuff, Just we just talk through it. But I feel like a lot of the stuff feels like therapy sessions sometimes. But uh, yeah. I don't know, Chris or Tia, y'all got something to to let go of? I mean, uh, Go ahead, Chris, because you had one. I got one. Uh, yeah. I, this one I'm not saying names I'm not even going to tell the story but I said I was sitting at um, I was the Daniel Issa thing made me think about this I was sitting at a bar one night with one of my like really good friends like one of my best girlfriends when we were at Clemson and she was like pretty much confiding in me of like some shit she had been through some stuff she had done and I looked at her and I was at Clemson. I was probably at the lowest I probably have ever been. And I was just like, you don't feel that's karma. And like the look she gave me and based off of it, like, it's crazy. Cause I can't tell the story. It's such a personal story that I can't tell it. Um, I was like, the look she gave me, I'll never forget. And our friendship really, like we're still good friends, but we really hadn't been the same since, is a look that immediately made me know like I fucked, I should not have said that, like I fucked up. And it's pretty much me just needing to apologize via podcast for this. <laughs> um, the person who um, who I said it to will know exactly what I'm talking about because I'm sure she hadn't forgotten it either. But um, it was fucked. It was by far the most fucked up thing I'd ever I'd ever said. And I've, obviously, because I remember it, and it probably happened in 2010. It's eight years. Yeah, now. you told me about it before, so I know you feel bad. Yeah, you didn't tell me the story, but you told me just like you did and like I know you feel bad yeah it's been like eight years now and I need to it's not really letting it go because I'll probably never do that to any friend family uh, acquaintance moving forward or ever again but this is me saying like I'm sorry for that because that was brutal and I'll it was brutal I'll tell yeah. you a story like off podcast, which I don't even know if I should do that, but whatever. Um, and then like you can make your own judgments on it. I've already, it's by far the worst thing I've ever said. So yeah, I apologize for that. Uh, it'll never happen again. We're still good friends. Thank God for black women. They're strong. Um, we put up with a lot. Yeah, they put up with way too much, and she definitely did not deserve that. Yeah. Well, good on you for apologizing. I am... Wait, I'm just going to stop real quick. Have you apologized to her? Uh, I think, yeah. I'm pretty sure within these past eight years, I have, but I've been, okay. like, reluctant to bring it up again. Yeah. 
So I haven't really texted her personally within these past few years bringing it up. But I'm pretty sure when I immediately when I said it, I'm pretty sure I apologized within like the next like week or two. Probably should have been apologizing every year on the year. (laughs) (laughs) Put a reminder in your phone. Yeah. (laughs) Every January 1st at 12 o'clock midnight. Probably right. should apologize. Love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, our, pretty much our relationship as like our friendship kind of took a, like we were the best of friends, like two peas in a pod. And then after that, uh, we were just friends and yeah. we shouldn't even do that. Cause I would probably would have never talked to anybody after that. Yeah. <laughs> that's how bad, like, that's how bad it was. Like, that's yeah. how, that's how trash I was. That's how fucking trash I was. But you know what that's called? Growth. And <laughs> <laughs> the girl on, uh, insecure growth. The show that keeps giving. Yeah. It's like, oh God. But yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I'm letting go of me not being able to sleep. <clears throat> like my past two weeks have just been crazy with work. Uh, I was supposed to go see Beyonce this week, past weekend, but I just woke up Friday morning, had all these like horrible emails about my rental property, and I just like didn't have it in me, and I sold my ticket. So. I'm letting go of the past two weeks and looking forward to the weekend with you guys because, like, honestly, I can't even do it. Like, tomorrow at 5 o'clock, I might do a jig. Yeah. <laughs> Catalina on Sunday. That boat ride is going to Yeah, Bryce, I need you to send me that video. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you sent that. <laughs> bad. Word. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I really don't have much to let go of like i'm just i'm still kind of like coasting off of like whatever like i feel like i'm always kind of up and down but like for the most part i've been just a lot better about like managing my emotions i guess if there's like one thing i could let go of it would just be like uh i i am getting better about just taking people at their face value and what they're telling me and what i'm getting back so not necessarily letting go of that, but I, I need to let go of, of, I need to let go of, um, of what I, what I think people are saying versus what they are actually saying. You know, it's like, yeah. I need to let go of the expectations that I've made up in my head and take people at their word. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm letting go of. Let it go. But uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Um, I'm gonna play us out to some Aretha again. But if you guys don't have anything else, no, I don't. I'm gonna go for a run, and that's pretty much it. All right, all right. Live work pose. <laughs> 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 Damn, I'm ready for season two, though. <laughs> All right, That's well. our theme for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'll see you guys. Uh, I'll see you guys on Friday. All Peace. right. Deuces. Deuces.